goodness. I had to wonder as I watched that, who let that lady out of her padded cell, right? <laughs> That's great. Mike Bratton here. Uh, it's good to be back with you. I preached a few times uh, before. I've got before Thanksgiving and after Thanksgiving, all right? So I'll be sharing God's word with you. You know, whenever you catch your kids doing something right, let them know, all right? It's just way too easy to catch them doing something wrong, and then that kind of sticks there, right? I am the second of six boys. My wife's an only child, so we decided that three would be perfect. So we had a boy, girl, and boy. We also have three grandchildren. Our youngest granddaughter, Audrey, sixth grade, was out trick-or-treating just recently. Um, as she came in, she came in with her bucket full of candy, and it got to be 8 o'clock, and so Dad turned off the porch light, meaning trick-or-treat's over. So she did what you and I did when we were kids, and she dumped all of her candy out on the floor and started sorting it, right? You remember that? Okay, I remember doing that. So she dumped it out on the floor. She's sorting out all the good stuff, the stuff she's going to keep, the stuff she'll give away gladly. And then as she's doing that, about 15 minutes into that, uh, Dad turns the porch light back on. And about 10, 15 minutes after that, a little knock on the door. It's a trick-or-treater. About a half an hour late. It's over. Well, Audrey runs to the door, and she opens the door, and the little boy's standing there with his little bag, and he goes, trick or treat. Now, I know what I would have done. I would have said something like, you know, you're a half hour late, right, or something like that. Not Audrey. She ran over. She grabbed a handful of her own candy. She went back to the door and put it in his bag, and he takes off a happy little camper. Isn't it easy to do the right thing sometimes? It, it was the right thing for her to do was to be that giver. To me, if I had given her anything, it would have been that pile of stuff I didn't want anyway, right? Thanksgiving's not always that easy. As we get older, we realize that giving things to people, we need to be a little more cautious because, and we become skeptical because, are people using us? Are they really in need? Or all these other things that then begin to take shape. This past week, I was in Erie, Pennsylvania. If you're familiar with that area, they get a lot of snow up there. My uh, daughter is a Target store manager up in Erie. And she moved there just after 2017. If you know anything about the 2017, on Christmas Day... 24-hour period of time, they got 34 inches of snow on Christmas Day, all right? They had over 50 inches in two days up there. But she moved up there, and we stayed with her, but my wife's dad lives about a half an hour from there. And so I helped him to get the snow blade on and get the chains on and, and that kind of thing, and that's really the, the occasion that brought us up there. While I'm up there, and we'd slept. I got up early. I'm just an early riser, 5, 5.30, about every morning. That's who I am. So I got up, and I went to Bob Evans while my wife is sleeping in. And I actually, I was the first one on the block at Bob Evans, waiting for them to open the door at 6 o'clock, okay? How many of you can identify with that? How many of you say, no way in the world? Okay, that's not you. 
That's me. I've been there several times already, and so I've gotten to know one of the waitresses there, a very, very nice lady. And as we're talking, we're about the only ones in Bob Evans at the time, she begins to share with me about Thanksgiving coming up, and then shared with me a little bit about her family. When she was 13, she said, my dad had worked for 20-some years at a company, got laid off. Lost all the seniority, everything else. Worked for another company, bought a man on the totem pole, and then got laid off. Another one, bought a man on the totem pole. When she was 13, he was fed up with everything and committed suicide. Five kids in the family. Oldest brother was 17. She was 13, and their lives were changed forever. Thanksgiving's not going to be that easy for them. And it just reminds me that when we are coming into the holidays, it's not that easy for some people, some families. It's just not. So what I want us to do is to think about both of those stories. It's easy to do the right thing for some of us. For others of us, there have been the scars, there have been the hurts, there have been the damage in our own lives. And it just takes more work. Oh, we want to do it. But it just takes more work. Would you just pause with me for a moment and let's pray for those people that as Thanksgiving comes up, it's going to be a little tougher on, okay? Let's bow in prayer. Father, I thank you for the holidays that come up because it helps us to make time for the things that are important. Family, um, it's not always easy. Uh, Families, sometimes um, it's very, very difficult. But as we approach the time coming up, help us to realize that you are inside of us and you can help us to make it a good time. So, Father, help us to look for those who might be hurt and going through this period of time. But help us also just in and of ourselves remember why. The why is so important. Help us through this period of time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm going to be preaching from Luke in chapter 10 this morning. If you have your Bibles... Please uh, open those. Luke chapter 10, we just have a few verses there. Now, normally, if I'm in your place, I'm bringing my phone that has my Bible app on it, and that's where I'm, I'm going. But in Luke chapter 10, I want to read for you a few verses, draw a few things that, that we might be able to use with Thanksgiving coming up. All right? I have that in mind. So it's Thanksgiving before and after This Sunday, it's before. Next Sunday, as I preach, it'll be the after, okay? So that's that's where we're going with this. Luke in chapter 10, beginning with verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Just pause there. She opens her home to him. She opens her home to them, I believe. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way. Now, I don't know about you, but um, some people have the gift of hospitality. No big deal at all, right? It's just not. You you know it as soon as as you, you walk in. Boy, they're just comfortable with anybody coming in and they just... But that's a gift. Now, all of us should be hospitable. But there is a special gift of hospitality. There really is. And I see this within Martha. She opens her home. Not about you, but if I were to call up my wife a couple of hours ahead of time and say, Honey, I've got about 10 guys coming over for supper tonight. You okay with that? 
How many of you are okay with that? Not too many, I wouldn't think. Even if I were to do that three or four days in advance, it, she would be so stressed out. It's just not the gift within her. Now, she'll do it, and she will enjoy it when we're doing it. But the beforehand stuff, oh my goodness. We cannot even, uh, honestly, we can't have a Bible study in our home. We cannot, if I'm leading it. Because I know she's going to stress out, and that means that I need to help, and now I'm stressed out. Now we're both stressed out, and people come in, and now I can't even heartily lead a Bible study. We just don't do that. That's kind of our take on life. You know, I, I've kind of figured out a few things here. I, one of those things that I've figured out is there are basically only two kinds of people in the world. Okay? There are two kinds of people. Those who have high blood pressure and those who cause it. Okay? Now, my wife has high blood pressure. So you want to go to the other part of that one? That would be me. Because I'm, I'm going to make something happen. No matter where I am, something's going to happen. Okay? Uh, second and six boys and playing all kinds of sports and point guard in, in high school. Point guards are notorious for making things happen. That's their job. Okay? And so something good or bad is going to happen all the time. And so I don't have high blood pressure. Never wanted it. So my wife assumed that part of life. Okay? She's the one with it. I see Martha... Martha is willing to open her home. Don't write her off. We're going to see two different kinds of personalities here, Martha and Mary. But both of them are gifted in different ways. And so I think Jesus is going to kind of bring this to, to a full meaning here. Look at what happens in the next verse. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? It, it, this is interesting, isn't it? Jesus, son of God, don't you care? That my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Don't you care? I need you to tell her. It, she's given him instructions. The Son of God. Yeah, he does car, care. And yes, he will instruct, but not quite the way that she was expecting. All right? Don't you care? Now, I don't know what has happened. Maybe Mary had brought food over. Maybe Mary had already been in the kitchen and, and, and stuff, you know. Maybe she's already done this kind of thing, and now she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She didn't want to miss Jesus. Don't you care? Of course he does. Tell her to, hmm, I think we've got to be cautious when we're trying to tell God to do something, all right? Martha, Martha. The Lord answered. I, I love, I love the way that Jesus then takes Martha on and says, oh, come on, Martha. I, I see compassion. I see a gentleness within him. She needs instructed here, but he's going to do it very caringly. You're worried and upset about many things, but a few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her.
in this situation, I, th I see three things. I see the planning that needs to take place. I see the preparation and then the stress. And, and so that's where we're going to be going. The planning. Is it really worth it? The event that, whatever it is, this coming Thursday is about Thanksgiving. But there are a lot of different things that come and go in our life. The first question is, is it important? If it's important, why is it important? Is Thanksgiving all about the food? I think for some people it is, but for most people it's not. It's about the gathering, right? It's about the relationships. That's the why. And we got to get there first before we can put everything else where it belongs. Why are we gathering together? And then the preparation, the planning, the stress, all of those things will become a little easier for us. I, I took the two granddaughters out um, trailing and, and walking, and, and there's this park called uh, Shale Hollow over on Route 23. And it's just a unique kind of a thing. So we're walking this trail, and all of a sudden, I think God placed this within my heart. I just asked each of the girls, I said, if you could ask God anything you wanted to ask him, what would it be? What would you ask God? The oldest one, is 14, just turned 15 last week. And she says, why? That's all she said. Why? At 15, she's wondering, why did God create us? Why is there any purpose? And a lot of people throughout life never get that one figured out, do they? Uh, they've heard the answer. They just didn't want it for the most part. And I think that every time we come into a situation which demands planning and preparation and stress, ask yourself the why. Is it going to be worth it? All right? So as we're planning, make sure you, you ask that. I was thinking through this the other day, and I thought, why is it that God in his planning planned to create the world the universe in seven days. Could he not have gone, bang, done, right? He could have. Why did he take seven days to do this? There is care taken in the planning of creation. He creates, he creates, he lets us know that we are the crowning point of his creation. And then he says, even through life, you need to take a day off. God didn't need to rest. But he provided an example that we need to rest. And all of this planning that God had, he took seven days to show us things that we needed to, to see. Proverbs says that there is planning that's needed in life, but always be ready to allow the Lord to be flexible and, and to move those. Planning is valuable. But it was once, I think it was Eisenhower, I, I know it was, that said something like this. But before him, it was Churchill. And before him, there were a couple of other people that brought this kind of thing into play. And it said, it's not the plan that's valuable. It's the planning. That's the what. Why? If you're going to battle and you're planning... Now, all of a sudden, you know where the enemy is camped. You know the artillery. You know the different strategies. You know the lay of the land. You know everything that you need to know. You know your strengths. You know what's available. And in this planning, you're prepared for adjustments. 
If you're tied to a plan, you will probably lose. Halftime adjustments for a ball game, right? You got a plan going in, but all of a sudden something's not working, or maybe they're doing something you didn't expect. And now you make these adjustments, and the same thing for us. We need to plan, but always be ready for God to make those adjustments in our lives. With that, I think the tip would be make sure that you pray for those who are coming. That's the why. The why is who's coming to dinner on Thursday or who are you going to be with? The second thing, the preparation. Shouldn't we strive for excellence? I think so. But I think that can be overdone. We want our home to look nice. We want the meal to be great. We want all the... And it just reminded me as I was thinking through this of a time in which my kids were little. I had mowed the grass. I've got the lawnmower. And I'm cleaning it up afterwards for the next time I mow. I've changed the oil. I've cleaned this. I've adjusted that. I'm working... An hour later, one hour later, it came to me and I'm going... It's going to get dirty again next time, stupid. So what are you doing? Why are you making all this fuss about something you're going to have to do again later anyway, right? Now, some will take that and say, see, you don't need to really prepare. (laughs) And others go too far. And I think maybe at this point, Martha's just gone a little too far. And Jesus needs to bring her back in as to the preparation. Hey, Don't get so wrapped up in the preparation you forget about the why. What are you doing here? Why is this happening? I'm going to prepare a place for you. Who said that? Jesus, right? Just like creation, I think that there's a message in here. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You know what that tells me? It tells me, number one, he cares about this place. And he lets us know that we're valuable because he's preparing this just for you and me. He's going to prepare something that's brand new. Oh, heaven's existed, but not like this. He's going to prepare something just for us. And I think that that just later would sink into the hearts of those disciples who were giving their lives, putting them on the line for Christ. And they're going, you know what? He's gone before, and he's getting that place ready for us. He loves us that much. Preparations are important, but somehow we need to enjoy the journey. We need to. You know, sometimes, here's here's one. First year of my ministry, I, I was so serious. I was 25, first church. And I'd gotten so serious about making everything work, preaching just right, bringing people to Christ. None of these things are bad, but it was so serious that I wasn't having any fun anymore. I I really wasn't. And before my wife and I would go to bed at night, we, we came up with this thing that said, before we go to sleep, you have to come up with a cartoon or a joke or something to tell. And so we did this before we actually laid down at night. We were forgetting the joy that we needed to be a part of this. And I'm just thinking sometimes that's what happens. So point number two, with everything, smile, laugh, enjoy what you can. Enjoy what you can. We've got um, 
Uh, Phil and, and Melinda Schlegel are here this morning. They, well, I've known them from Sunbury. I was there for almost 20 years preaching. And one of our elders made a comment in a meeting. I don't think, Phil, you were in this one, but uh, Travis said, you know, I realized that when I smiled, I thought I was smiling, and I, I brought my smile to the mirror, and he said, I realized I wasn't smiling at all. He thought he was smiling. He felt like he was smiling, but on the outside, it didn't look like it. And he said, you know what? I got to looking at that and thinking about that. You know how long actors smile in front of a mirror to make sure that their smile is the best it can be? They spend hours, hours. You know how long I spend in front of a mirror? I wash this part of my head. And then I do whatever I can. I'll spend as little time as I can. And then it's not my problem anymore. It's your problem. You have to look at me. But I don't think we realize sometimes that when we think we're smiling, we're really not. And we ought to make sure that we become that encourager for those around us. In your preparation for Thursday, stop every once in a while. And make yourself smile. All right? Pray for those who are coming. Make yourself smile. The last point, that of the stress. I think that stress, like this, speaks to importance. I get stressed over things that I think are important. The Martha, the stress... I think she wanted things to be at their very best. Mary, uh, she's chosen the better thing. She's sitting in relationship with Jesus. She is, as a disciple would be, sitting on the dirt floor, listening to her Savior. Martha, would she have time to do that or not? I don't know. But the stress that she was feeling was because the importance of the people who were in her home. If you had Jesus in your home with his disciples, would you feel stressed? Yeah, most of us would. Would we make the time to sit at his feet? Are we just trying to make everything perfect for him? And I think sometimes you just need to realize I can spend so much time doing all these things I forget about. I need to take that break. I need to enjoy, which means I need to let some things go. God, in planning for our salvation, do you realize that Peter says that even before the foundations of the earth, God knew that he would send forth his son. He knew it. That was part of his plan. Why did he create us for relationship with him? And so with that, he had to allow us free will to choose. Not just to love him, but if we wanted to, we could reject him. If he didn't allow us that choice, then there is no love. But he knew that people would reject him, and he knew that we would all need a savior. So with that, he went ahead with the plan anyway. But he also planned down the road to allow his son, the innocent 
Son of God to die on our behalf. We just sang about it this morning. We just shared in communion about that this morning. The planning, the preparation that God went to, the stress that God... Have you ever think of God going through stress? How about this? There's an old Testament passage of Scripture that I will never forget. It says this, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Why? Because he planned for their salvation. He prepared the cross and everything that was taking place there. The stress that God says, I created you in my image. I want you to be saved. I want you in relationship with me for all eternity. And then to realize that some of his creation will say no. He had to allow us that choice. God loves us so much that he allows us to say no. That's got to be stressful. You know how it is when your kids don't do the right thing. I think God feels the same thing. I really do. I'm going to close with this. A guy called me this past week from Florida. He lives up here in the Columbus area, owns a few stores, and um, he has a place down on Marco Island in Florida. Anybody ever heard of that place? Pretty nice place. I always say, if you can't be rich, at least have rich friends, right? That's good. So I've been able to go down and visit with him and that. But you know what? He went down this weekend not to just enjoy Florida, but to be with a couple that he had met from Connecticut. They also own a place right there. He and his wife were talking with them as a couple. They had already filed for divorce. They, they've made that. And as they were talking with them, they began to share Christ with them. And this couple up in Connecticut had no connection with Christ. And so Jesus wasn't a part of their marriage either. And they're finally realizing that we have not done everything we can in our marriage if we have not tried Jesus Christ. And so they're sharing Christ with him. And as we're talking on the phone, he says, and if God is willing, I know God is. And if they're willing... I'll get to baptize them into Christ this weekend. That's what he wanted me to pray about. Is that they're starting their brand new life all over again with Jesus this time. You see, isn't that cool? It doesn't have to be a preacher. <laughs> Most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's just people like you that care about, and care about somebody else that needs Jesus. And he uses your personality this is your desire for God. And although you don't know everything, and you know what? That's a great starting point. I don't know everything, but this much I do know. He has saved my life. He has saved my marriage. He, I just see a difference with Jesus in my life. That, that's you know, Just to share that kind of thing might be all a person needs in order to get started on the right road. They don't have to have all the answers. They just need to know that it works. Right now, I'd like to pray for that couple in their marriage and their salvation. But I'd also like to pray for you. And maybe for those who are here have never accepted Christ. Bow with me, please. Father, we bow in humility, knowing that there's only one God. You're it. It's not me. It's not any of us. 
We need you. But you also allow us to choose you. Father, I, I pray for Dave and Sherry as they share their lives with this other couple. And I pray for the couple that they'll see the need more than just a marriage to be saved, but for an eternity that's at stake. Father, I pray for these who are here that even as they approach Thanksgiving, they will remember the why behind it and they will smile and they will pray and the time together will be worth it. Father, bless us that as your church, imperfect as we are, that we will be closer than we were last week and we can see progress that we're becoming more like the Son of God himself. God bless us. If there's someone that needs to accept you as Lord and Savior, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do the drawing and do the saving. I pray in Jesus' name.